In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending April 22nd, the U.S. Senate failed to pass a year this week that would block the Clean Water Act rule, otherwise known as the Waters of the U.S. or WOTUS. Senators voted 56 to 42, failing to reach. They required 60 votes to attach the amendment to the fiscal 2017 funding bill for the Army Corps of Engineers. AgriPulse reports that North Dakota Republican Senator John Haven originally planned to attach the amendment to the EPA funding bill, but the White House had threatened to veto it if the bill passed. Meanwhile, the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals declined to grant a rehearing on its decision regarding where the court dispute over voters should be deliberated. The involved parties asked the court to send the matter to district courts, but the appeals court declined. The same court issued a nationwide stay of the rule last year, indicating the states involved in one lawsuit were likely to win their case. Well, the U.S. House Agriculture Committee Subcommittee on General Farm Commodities and Risk Management recently held a hearing on the growing financial pressures faced by U.S. farmers and ranchers. Top farm leaders and experts testifying painted a grim picture of the farm economy on plummeting farm prices and income. Now, one of those was American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval, who told the subcommittee that while the farm economy is not in crisis today, one is on the horizon. USDA projects that net cash farm income will fall by 33% in 2016 compared to 2013, and net farm income has fallen uh, more than 55% over the same period of time. These declines are starting to have an impact on the farmer debt-to-asset ratio, and farmers' operating debt has grown from $124 billion in 2012 to more than $165 billion uh, today. Now, many farmers are drawing down their cash and equity to survive, while other farmers are failing. Duval warned lawmakers not to mess with the farm safety net. If I do not deliver any other message today, I want to deliver one, and that's the Farm Bureau members and the Farm Bureau appreciate your continued efforts to protect these important farm programs, especially now when they're so need- badly needed. In other news, sustainability is a word that we're hearing more and more of and an issue many in agriculture continue to deal with. Dr. Kim Stackhouse-Lawson, Executive Director of Global Sustainability for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, says there are a lot of issues when we talk sustainability, but one of the top ones is food waste. Food waste is a problem in the United States and and globally. In the United States, we waste 40% of the food that we produce, and that actually costs the average American family $2,500 a year. But if you turn that around and think about it as a sustainability problem, that actually increases the impact of food production. So we use 40% more water to make the food that we do because it's wasted. We use 40% more land. We use 40% more fertilizer. You know, there's so much input that is just wasted when we throw out food as the American consumer. So that's a huge opportunity for improvement. And luckily, it's been a very positive movement in agriculture and food supply in general. Lots of people working on that topic, but it's something that the Beef Checkoff is engaged in as well. Dr. Stackhouse Lawson says beef has a good story to tell. Not only do we have sixth and seventh generation ranchers, but we've been able to demonstrate continuous improvement just in the last five years. So some highlights of that, we've been able to improve water quality by 10%. We've been able to reduce our emissions through soil by 7%, improve our greenhouse gas emissions by 2%, improve occupational illnesses and accidents by 32%. So it's just, it's a tremendous story for beef. We're an innovative industry. We always work to be more efficient. And socially, we're 
incredibly involved in communities. So this is a, um, a tremendous opportunity for beef as this uh, subject becomes less nebulous and less complex and we get a better handle on it. I, I do think it's a tremendous opportunity to tell a very positive beef story. Well, shellers are now offering contracts to farmers on peanuts stored in the government loan, but yet to be marketed for the farmer. Tyron Spearman has more on that story. Well, peanut farmers are getting ready to plant the crop right now for the new 2016, but the shellers are offering contracts on the 2015 peanuts that have not been sold. Uh, shellers have returned to the farmers and are offering $365 per ton. Earlier, they were offering $375. They've also returned the shrink. Peanuts are usually have a shrink value of 3.0%, and that is being returned. That's a $10 to $12 value to the farmer. Some shellers are also asking to contract more of your 2016 peanut crop. Earlier in the season, shellers offered 375 and contracted about 45 to 50% of last year's production. Well, now they're coming back saying we'd like to buy another 20%, indicating that the market is getting stronger. Contract guarantees a farmer on loan value of 355 if the sheller options to buy them out of the loan, which will be repaid when they are redeemed from the government storage. It further guarantees that the farmer has a place to store those peanuts, and that could be a problem this year if acreage is increased and we have a good crop. But overall, the good news is they're coming back asking for more. Right now, Chinese are here in America buying peanuts and shipping farmer stock peanuts right out of the uh, warehouse back to China. It takes about 30 days for approval and about 45 days for shipping about three months to get peanuts from the U.S. market to the Chinese market. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. With this week's Georgia Grown Moment, here's Nathan Wilson. For this week's Georgia Grown Moment, Commissioner of Agriculture Gary Black talks about this year's Vidalia onion crop. Very excited about 2016 opening for the marketing and shipping of our signature vegetable, our state vegetable, the Vidalia onion. Monday of the last full week of April this year is April 25th. Consumers all across uh, America are anxiously awaiting the, the debut of this year's crop, and it sure does look like it's going to be one of the more successful ones than we've had in recent years. Quality seems to be at an all-time high, and we're really excited about that. I know that every family farmer in Georgia that grows Vidalias, they want to put the best product on the market every day. It's not just about being first to market with something. It's about going to market on the first day with the best. As for the commissioner's favorite way to eat Vidalia onions? First of all, it's, it's important for all of our listeners to know there's not any bad way to eat a Vidalia. I'm pretty fond of them on the grill. And of course, of any any ingredient uh, in stir-fry, it's impossible to have stir-fry without Vidalia. For Georgia Grown, I'm Nathan Wilson. Friday, of course, was Earth Day 2016, and Kathy Isom looks at ways we could always get into the act of celebrating Earth Day. Devoting a special day every year to helping the Earth is a way to demonstrate how much we care about the future of our planet. No matter what you like to do best, there are plenty of ways to get involved on Earth Day. You can plant a tree, or two or three, whether it's in your own backyard or joining a group. Make a meal with locally grown vegetables, or get involved with a community garden. Educate a family member about Earth Day. Clean up trash in your neighborhood. Set up a bird feeder. Find ways of saving power in your home or office. Cleaning out your closet and donating clothes to charity is also a way to celebrate Mother Earth. How about writing a letter to your local government representative? 
The possibilities are endless. Remember, you don't have to wait for Earth Day to show your love for the planet we call home. For more information about getting involved on Earth Day and finding things to do, check out earthday.org on the web. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner explains why 2016 is not shaping up to be a very good year for cotton producers. Farmers who plan to grow a cotton crop this year already know 2016 is not going to be a good year. Picture is so bleak that a lot of farmers have cut back on their planting plans, while some won't even plant at all. It's always been that way. You know, good year, bad year, strong prices, weak prices. USDA's preseason forecast indicates this year's crop will be the smallest in three years. It's going to be a sharp drop, and it's all because of the price. Again, the forecast is around $54 billion. That sounds like a lot of money, but it's actually about or below what it was in 2013. One of the problems is farmers whose main crop is cotton are limited in their choice of alternative crops. Peanuts in the southeast, corn or soybeans in other places. And there's little hope in those crops in 2016, corn especially. Well, that's farming, good year, bad year. It's always been that way. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. Those stories and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.